Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, dripped out in some new Fireside Giants gear. If you want some, let us know down in the comments section below. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. You look good. You feel good. You play good. And you podcast exceptionally good. So we're going to go ahead today with my co-host, Alex Wilson, and talk about some first-round mock draft projections for the New York Giants. Now, we've looked at a lot of commonly mocked players, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, a lot of these guys who we know are going in the first round. But today, we want to look at some less commonly mocked players that some analysts are projecting to the New York Giants with the 25th overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Some of these names are really interesting and a little bit out of left field, but we figure it's probably best to just go ahead, dive into all of these prospects, and take a look at the many different possibilities that the Giants could be presented with with this year's draft. But before we dive into all of this, make sure to leave a like if you enjoy this episode and subscribe to the channel if you're new and ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Bing! Alex, you were waiting on it. Yes, there it is. <laughs> but without further ado, we're going to go ahead and dive into Jalen Hyatt first. Alex, I want to get your take on him. Tennessee wide receiver, a real burner. Uh, and This is a player that Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com projected to the Giants with a 25th pick, and I like him. But 25th pick, maybe a little too rich for my liking, but I do really like him as a prospect, and I'm curious to hear your take on Jalen Hyatt. So Jalen Hyatt, I think he's a perfect trade-back scenario candidate. You know, we talked about the other day a mock trade scenario in the first round where we're like, oh, you know, move back to the early second round. I think Hyatt will still be there. There are a, a few concerns, mainly that he played in a very specific scheme at the collegiate level, spread offense, had a lot of time, a lot of space to work with, utilized that speed to his advantage. But at the end of the day, transitioning to an offense where it's a lot more physical, you don't have as much space, you can't utilize that speed all the time, the safeties back there are just quick as hell. It's hard to transition. I don't think that it's going to be a seamless one for Jalen Hyatt, despite the fact that he is a very good player. He has ridiculous acceleration. He's got awesome speed, great route runner, um, and he's got a lot of really great tangible traits. And if you look at his production, it obviously stands out. 67 receptions, 1,267 yards, and 15 touchdowns with nearly 19 yards per reception. This is a player who immediately would offer Daniel Jones, whoever the hell is playing quarterback for the Giants, a great uh, receiving option alongside who they have available now, Isaiah Hodgins and obviously Wondell Robinson after the injury, and we'll see who else they bring in. But the explosiveness of Jalen Hyatt, he's probably the most realistic one out of any of the guys that any of these mock drafts have listed. Um, at 25, I still think all of them are actually trade-back scenario candidates because I think that all of them are second-round grades for the most part. Jalen Hyatt's a fringe, but I think that you look at Quentin Johnston, you look at Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, some of the prominent receivers, I think one of those will be available, and I'd rather go with one of those than Jalen Hyatt simply because I think their skill set uh, is a little bit more translatable to the NFL. But nonetheless, that doesn't mean Jalen Hyatt can be a really great receiver for the New York Giants or any team he ends up joining. He is a tremendous talent, has all the playmaking qualities in the world. Uh, the top reasons that you'd really want him, the vertical skill set he uh, contains is certainly something that stands out. If the Giants want to start going downfield, getting more explosive plays, Jalen Hyatt's the direction you want to go in. He's extremely elusive, really good ball skills, great hands. His athletic profile is expansive. Uh, the really big kind of question is, is his frame going to hold up? He's a little bit slender. I think he'll be fine in that regard. Uh, developing his route tree because the scheme that he played in the spread offense that allowed a lot of space and, and time to get open was uh, very favorable. So I think that, you know, adjusting to a more condensed 
system that allows him that doesn't really ask him to go downfield all that often because a, a player like this that really explodes onto the scene because of his vertical attributes um, may not translate well to the Giants because we don't have the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. We don't have an elite offensive line that's going to give whoever's playing quarterback, most likely Daniel Jones, all the time in the world. So can Jalen Hyatt dominate in the intermediate to short portions of the field? Can you feed him a screen pass that he can take for 25, 30 yards or take it to the crib? Or can you give him intermediate routes where his route running shows up on tape and he can dominate without just using a straight line speed? Those are the questions we have to ask ourselves, Anthony. So when you're looking at Jalen Hyatt, what excites you about him? And do you think he's a good fit for the Giants with the 25th overall selection? With the 25th overall selection, it might be a little rich. Like I said, I do agree with you. I think this is probably a trade-down candidate, someone that you would want in the second round, mid-second round if the Giants were to trade out of the first round. But there is a lot to like with Jalen Hyatt. Now, I think that you mentioned all of his flaws, playing in a very college-style offense. How does that translate to the pros? That's a big question mark. But if you take a look at his skill set, this is a straight burner, someone who can open up your offense in many different ways. Now, it's not just the fact that he can burn a corner back and go deep and make some deep receptions because you kind of mentioned it there the Giants don't necessarily play that brand of football Daniel Jones doesn't necessarily like to push the ball downfield take chances downfield and the Giants are a much more conservative approach on offense but with Jalen Hyatt having the opportunity to stretch the field will open things up underneath for guys like Wandale Robinson now we know Wandale Robinson loves to do the majority of his work in the short to intermediate portions of the field take some drag routes take some shallow crossers turn up field break some yard or break some tackles and gain some extra yardage. Jalen Hyatt will allow him to do that a whole lot better because Hyatt pushing downfield will make those safeties have to cheat back an extra five to 10 yards. That opens up a pocket in the middle of the of the field. And there you go. Wandale Robinson catches, runs, breaks a bunch of tackles. So that's what I like about Jalen Hyatt. However, that kind of ties into the fact that his biggest flaw is the fact that he's not a WR1. He's a WR2. And I think he could be a really good WR2, like one of the best WR2s in the NFL. If I had to put a pro comp together for this guy, just off the top of my head, it would be Deshaun Jackson and I know a lot of Giants fans won't like to hear that because we have nightmares still to this day from Deshaun Jackson my least favorite NFL player of all time for what he did to us but Deshaun Jackson was a really good player back in his prime a lot of straight line speed didn't necessarily run the most complete or the best route tree and was never a true WR1 but as a WR2 he was one of the best in the NFL and he made a lot of big time plays so when you look at Jalen Hyatt I think that the athletic profile of Deshaun Jackson is very comparable I think the height the size combination around uh, 5'10", 175 pounds in that range. Very similar to Deshaun Jackson. So I like uh, Jalen Hyatt. And another thing to throw out there is that he ranked 99th percentile in separation and separation versus single coverage in 2022, according to PFF. So the guy knows how to get open. And Daniel Jones, he needs more separators, more receivers who get open, not guys that he's throwing into tight windows, 50-50 balls. The Giants tried that uh, strategy with Kenny Galladay. It didn't work out. They need guys who can get open and particularly separate against single coverage. So when you're looking at Jalen Hyatt, he can do all of that. And he makes a lot of sense for the Giants in that regard. And a lot of it has to do with speed. If you take a look, there's a chart online. I saw it on Twitter. The Giants had either the worst or like top three slowest receiving cores in the NFL last season based on the 40-yard dash times ridiculously slow. <laughs> yes, Alex, just like a little snail across the screen. Very slow wide receiver core for the Giants. Jalen Hyatt projected to run somewhere in the 4-3s, could maybe even crack into the 4-2s at the NFL Scouting Combine next month. This guy is a burner. He would open up the Giants offense in a, in a variety of different ways. So I like Jalen Hyatt again, probably a little rich because he is a flawed prospect. He's not a perfect guy by any means, and he does have a lot of room to grow with his route tree and how he fits into an NFL-style offense, but there is a lot to like with this guy. 
guy. So if he did wind up with the New York Giants, I would definitely be happy about it. And I think he would provide an element to the Giants offense that they don't necessarily have just yet. Now, another player that I want to discuss, Alex, this is a mock draft from the Draft Network. Uh, I have to see again who mocked this guy, but this guy is named Caillou Blue Kelly. Alex and I were kind of laughing before the podcast because we've never heard of this guy. And I wasn't even sure if this was a real name because it just sounded a little unrealistic. Caillou Blue Kelly, never heard of that before. Comes out of nowhere. Originally projected as like a fourth round pick, but now good senior bowl. Some guys have him mocked 25th overall to the New York Giants. The DraftNetwork.com's Keith Sanchez says that Caillou Blue Kelly could be a fit for the Giants with this pick. And I think it's really interesting to see a name like this at a Stanford cornerback, a man-to-man guy for the Giants. So this is what Keith Sanchez had to say about this pick. The Giants outplayed expectations last year, but have to be honest with themselves about the status of this roster. They have to address the many issues on this roster, one of those being the secondary. With this pick, the Giants draft Caillou Blue Kelly. So not a whole lot of analysis right there as to how he fits with the New York Giants, but we're going to go ahead and dive into this player, let you know what he could bring to the table and why the Giants might want to consider him, whether it be in the first round or later. So Alex, what are your thoughts on Caillou Blue Kelly and why do you think he could be a fit for the Giants? So Kyle Blue Kelly, really interesting player out of Stanford. Love the name. Super fun to say. But he's a guy that we don't know much about. Coming out of the Pac-12, obviously good size, six, six foot 190 pounds. Um, they really have him labeled as a man coverage corner, which is obviously ideal for Wink Martindale's defense. I think that if you're going to go for someone like this, Again, I feel as though this is a trade-back candidate. I'm not really committed to going Kyle Blue Kelly at 25 when I feel as though he could be a mid-round second pick. Like you kind of mentioned, some people have him in the 80 range. Some people have him in the, in the 40 to 80. You know, it's not that he's – it's it's just like it's hard to really put a grade on him because I don't know him that well. But also, it seems to me that nobody really thinks he's a first-round pick. So why the hell are we taking him at 25? It doesn't really make much sense to me. Um, obviously you – know, and then Keely Ringo out of Georgia, who is considered one of the best corners in this draft class goes right after uh Kyle Blue Kelly to Georgia which doesn't or to rather to Dallas it doesn't make much sense to me you know why why is it that Ringo is one of the best corners in this draft class is suddenly going behind Kyle Blue Kelly who just kind of had a decent senior ball other than that there's not much about him he's a good man coverage corner which definitely fits the Giants mold but at the end of the day you know what is it that the Giants really need? It's receivers. Obviously, CB2 is an important thing, but I'd rather go out and spend a little bit of money on a really on a decent man coverage corner like a Marcus Peters. Back end of his prime, you know, is probably going to be pretty cheap. Experience a Wink Martindale's defense. Um, somebody that is proven, a proven commodity. Cornerbacks are tough because either they're good or they're a liability, especially young, uh, young ones in, in the beginning of their careers. So when I look at the Giants and what they can do right now, I'd like to tell it, maybe take a flyer in the mid-rounds or the back end of the draft on a, on a cornerback or two, you know, like a Cordell Flott, someone like that and, and with his profile. But unless it's like a, like a guy that I say I can look at and say, okay, this person's going to be CB2 and there's no, you know, conversation about it, I can't sit here and tell you that Kyle Blue Kelly is going to be an immediate starter on this team. I can't really sit there and say this. The cornerback market is the only, maybe one of the, the very few select positions that has a very deep class this year in free agency because of that the Giants should be looking to acquire one to fill that CB2 spot because of how deep it is there's a lot of supply the demand there's always demand for corners but there's so much supply that it should be pretty simple for them to go and get one at a pretty reasonable uh, price point the receivers this class really bad so if I was the Giants I'd be looking to draft a receiver in the first round or if not trade back and get one like a Hyatt at the top of the second round 
you know, Kyle Blue Kelly is not on my on my draft board as an option for the Giants. I don't see him as a priority. I think that you look to free agency and plug a guy on a pretty cheap price point because of how deep the free agency class is there. So I think that kind of rounds out my take regarding this one. Yeah, and I'll say you asked the question there, like, why Caillou Blue Kelly at that spot over a guy like the kid out of Georgia? Like, why would he be the fit for the New York Giants there in this mock draft? And so, I mean, not necessarily do I agree with it. I agree with you in the fact that he wouldn't be on my draft board with the 25th overall pick. However, I could understand the idea of him being a fit for the New York Giants based on his playing style. Now, here's some excerpts from the DraftNetwork.com that I will read that might put it into perspective as to why he fits with the Giants specifically. Caillou Blue Kelly is a press man style corner that excels getting his hands on the receiver and staying hip to hip. There's upside to develop or become a CB1 for a defense. There is potential for him to become a shadow cornerback following a wide receiver cross formations. The physical tool sets traits and coverage abilities garner day one or two consideration for the draft. Blue Kelly is a competitive and sticky man coverage corner. The confidence he displays when aligned tightly to the line of scrimmage is clear. Blue Kelly is patient and decisive in press man coverage. He times his punches well to disrupt the timing of the wide receiver. So that pretty much explains it to me what the thought process was in mocking him to the Giants. Again, 25th overall pick, way too rich for my liking. However, this is a player that does fit perfectly for what Wink Martindale loves to do defensively. He likes his big, rangy, strong, physical outside cornerbacks that excel in press man coverage. Now, one of the flaws for Caillou Kelly is that he's very uncomfortable when he's taken out of press man coverage. So the idea here is probably who runs the most press man cover zero coverages in the NFL? Wink Martindale and the New York Giants. So if Caillou Kelly is going to make an impact year one anywhere, it would be with the New York Giants. So if you're going to draft Kyle Bukele and you want him to compete day one and be your starting outside cornerback, it's probably going to be in Wink Martindale's defense where he can be physical and angry at the line of scrimmage and go hip to hip with some of these top wide receivers. So again, I like the player, like the prospect. I don't like the pick. I think it's too early. Now there's another player that we're going to bring up here that was mocked to the Giants by Ian Cummings of uh, Pro Football Network, and that's Osiris Torrance, offensive guard out of Florida. Now this is a player that a lot of Giants fans I know are fans of, but again, Alex, maybe a little too rich. Even the the guy who mocked him to the Giants here, the analysis that he gives for mocking him to the Giants, this one made us laugh before we started recording. Here's the quote. Quote, I've always been of the mind that Osiris Torrance is more of a second rounder than a first round prospect. There are still questions about his lateral agility and movement freedom, but his strength was borderline dominant at the senior bowl. End quote. So Ian Cummings, if that is your explanation, your analysis of the pick at 25 for Osiris Torrance, why was Osiris Torrance the pick at 25 if he's a second-round prospect? So I guess in this mock draft, uh, Ian Cummings has the Giants reaching on a player that he believes is a second-round prospect. However, there are some people out there that believe Osiris Torrance is a first-round prospect, and there's a lot of reason to see. There's a lot to see in his game that would make you believe that because Osiris Torrance was dominant at Florida. Like he didn't give up any sacks. He never let Anthony Richardson get touched. He was probably he probably is the best guard in this year's draft class, and I don't even know if there's much of a debate about that. Six foot five, 347 pounds, and his stats are just utterly ridiculous. Again, zero sacks led up across three seasons in college, zero quarterback hits in 2022, and eight hurries. That's it, just eight hurries across 697 snaps at right guard for Florida in the 2022 season, 11 games played. So again, the guy is dominant. He is a beast. He's a plug-and-play player at the next level. You draft him, you're throwing him in the starting lineup, and he'll hopefully become a pretty good offensive guard for your team within the first year of his career but again he does have some limitations maybe he has a high floor but not the highest ceiling he's likely to go in round two so Alex I'm curious to know when you see a player like Osiris Torrance high floor again uh, he's going to be a good player in the NFL most likely right 
when you see a player like that mock to the Giants at 25, do you feel comfortable taking him just because you know that the need is there for the Giants at guard and you know he will be a good player? Or do you think it's better to try and trade down into the second round, maximize the value, and draft him in the draft range that he's projected to, to go in? Look, again, trade back candidate. Why? Look, Osiris Torrance is a primary run blocker. That is his strength, right? He's a run blocker. What do the Giants need? Go figure. Pass blockers. They need pass blockers. We don't need dominant run blockers. Our offense is going in the direction of a pass-heavy scheme. You know, we saw it in the playoffs. Daniel Jones, they want him to be throwing the ball. If they're going to go out and get a great receiver, we need to be going out and getting guards that can immediately offer great pass protection. Even if the balance is not necessarily even, I'd rather have a better pass blocker than run blocker right now. Everybody that we go and get is a better run blocker. You know, even uh, Josh Azudu, better run blocker. Shane Lemieux, better run blocker, you know, when we were with Dave Gettleman, but they were running a more old school system. We were trying to establish the ground game. We were always trying to get things going on the ground before the pass. I think that we're going to start setting up the ground with the pass game and then play action plays into it. This is this offense is going to be pass heavy. This is why we've been having this discussion about Saquon Barkley and why we love him and we want to keep him. If they let him go, they can replace him. You know, like this is not a this is not a system that's going to be predicated on the running back position. It's going to be predicated on the wide receiver, pass blocking, and quarterback positions because that is what modern offenses do. Now, Saquon Barkley is much more than just a running back, but they did not incorporate him that much as a receiver. A lot of people say, you know, he's a receiving running back. He can do these things for you. He had less than 400 receiving yards this year, guys. That's not that much. They didn't even really use him as a receiver. So I hope they, if they do keep him, they start to expand on that role because we projected they would be a lot more, um, you know, aggressive with utilizing him in the screen game and getting him out in, into space and getting the ball uh, through the through the receiving game. But ultimately, that didn't happen the way we projected it to, um, which is a little bit disappointing because we think that he is capable of, you know, um, succeeding in that level. But when we're looking at Osiris Torrance, yes, good player, you know, really dominated with Florida, but end of the day, he's a prominent run-blocking guy. He's going to take him time. He has limited range as a blocker and pass protection. Questionable lateral agility is one of his concerns. He's scheme-pacific. Um, you know, he does have a good anchor in pass pro, but he's not that agile. So, the question is, where are you going to put him? Probably left guard next to Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas can hold his own, so maybe you just need a guy who can just sit there and anchor down, and he doesn't have to be that agile because you trust Andrew Thomas to hold his own on an island. So maybe that's the case, or maybe because he's on an island, you need a guy with a little bit more agility. Um, you know, he's very physical. He's going to open up running lanes. That's what he's going to do for you, but there is going to be some, um, you know, amount of time, game, sample size where he's struggling as a pass protector, and if that's the case... Just give me Josh Azudu, you know, just like give him the reps because ultimately Azudu has a year of experience. I'd rather go in that direction because I think a Josh Azudu has a good potential as a, as a pass protector. He has great feet, great, um, you know, agility, and he's got good size. And I think he just needs to put it together and just needs more experience and time. I'd rather go in that direction unless we're going to go for a guard that is immediately going to contribute as a good pass protector. Um, I'd rather wait. And if we're going to go for a guy like Orsayas Torrance, trade back into the top end of the second round. He's going to be available. This is not a first round pick for the Giants, in my opinion. I think that there's an argument to make on both sides. I think you're selling him a little bit short as a pass protector. Like I said, zero pressures or, or zero sacks allowed throughout his entire collegiate career. Like, you don't do that without having at least some good technical refinement as a pass protector. Now, of course, I agree with you. I see the limitations. Not enough agility to really be that good of a pass protector at the next level as a rookie. But I think that there's skills and traits there that are developable, developable and he can become a very good pass protector at the next level. His pro comp from Pro Football Focus is Brandon Brooks. Brandon Brooks, one of the meanest 
famous run blockers in the NFL, also a good pass protector, He, but he came into his own. He wasn't always a good pass protector, and I think you could see that with Osiris Torrance. Now, you kind of mentioned you'd rather have Joshua Zidu. Well, Osiris Torrance was a right guard his entire collegiate career. I'm not moving him to the left side of the line. In fact, I'm going to go with Joshua Zidu and Osiris Torrance on my line if the Giants were to draft him. I'm taking Mark Lewinsky. I'm strapping him to a rocket, and I'm shooting him to the moon, and I'm saying Osiris Torrance is our right guard going forward because I am just dreaming now of Osiris Torrance and Evan Neal dominating as run blockers together on the right side of the Giants offensive line. I mean, think about that duo. That could be absolutely deadly for New York to have a guy like Osiris Torrance who's such a mean pancake handing out, IHOP working run blocker alongside Evan Neal, who we know is just one of those big mammoths of a human being that can go out there and dominate in the running game as well. So I think that duo right there could be really solid and would probably force the Giants to kind of reimagine their offense and start running the ball a bit more, especially to the right side of the line with or without Saquon Barkley. So I think that Osiris Torrance does make sense for the New York Giants. I kind of agree with you, maybe because he's projected to go in the second round. You don't take him in the first. You trade down into the top portion of the second, and then you take him. However, he's a really good player, and he is a fit for the Giants. It's just whether or not you have the mindset of drafting for need or drafting best player available. He won't be the best player available, but he will definitely be the best player available for that need. And if the Giants say they address corner, they address wide receiver and free agency, they address those positions already, well then, you might as well go ahead and address guard next. That's your next biggest need. Other than maybe linebacker, you might as well address it with your first round pick with the best guard prospect in the class. So, Again, I see the arguments for and against Osiris Torrance. I, I think he could make a lot of sense for the Giants, but maybe the 25th pick is too rich. However, I think that I would be happy with it, Alex. Honestly, I think if the Giants took Osiris Torrance 25th, I don't think I'd complain. I think I would be pretty happy. I, I see the potential there. So we'll see exactly where he lands or where all these guys land, but it's going to be really interesting. So many options for the Giants with the 25th pick. So many options with all of their draft picks. They have a lot of picks this year, nine already. And when the compensation picks get handed out, they're projected to have maybe 11 total picks. So building through the draft, we've been preaching that ever since the offseason began, Alex, and the New York Giants are in prime position to continue to build through the draft and build this roster up. They've established a really solid young foundation, but going forward, I think it could be really exciting to see what Joe Shane has in store this offseason. And of course, right here on Fireside Giants, we're going to be updating you on this offseason. But Alex, any last thoughts before we wrap this one up? Yeah, I hate these drafts, these mock drafts. <laughs> these are awful. I really don't like. I don't think Osiris Torrance is a good fit for us. Um, you know, the main thing that people say about him is that he has issues in pass protection. Quickness isn't there. And you know what really screws us the most? You watch the Eagles. You watch all these things. Stunts, twists, turns. We get crushed by them. And he that's his biggest weakness. He can't pick them up. So, God, just help me out. Like, Go get a freaking good pass blocking guard. That's what we need. If you're going to be a pass heavy offense, you need good pass protectors in the interior. He's a run blocker. He kind of gives me Lake and Tomlinson vibes. Really good run blocker. Um, really fit that New Orleans, uh, rather that uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, offensive line. Goes over to the Jets. Really struggles. Kind of picks it up down the stretch. They wanted to be good in the run blocking, and then obviously lose. They lose uh, Brees Hall, so it really hurt them, and they had to be more of a pass protector. But ultimately, I kind of want the Giants to go with a receiver early in this draft. I would think that if you're going to go in the second round, Osiris Torrance might be there in the bottom half of the second round. Kyle, Caillou, Blue, Kelly could be there in the bottom half of the second round. You know, so I, I'm feeling like, why are we drafting these guys so high when the cornerback market and free agency is one of the more prominent ones? Receivers, there's nowhere, nothing to be found. Go for the top receiving prospect. That's that's my take. I'm sticking to that one. Go get your receiver unless you're going to trade for a big guy, which definitely is possible. But I think that, you know, 
at, at you go for you go for what, a guy that's going to make Daniel Jones better. And ultimately, unless you're going to go for a big time pass blocker in the interior of the offensive line, I think you can get one of those guys maybe in the second round um, to develop and, and really start immediately. I think you go in the direction of a receiver and you give Daniel Jones the target he needs and you walk into the sunset. So that's kind of my take. I hate these drafts. I think that I would do none of these if I had the chance. And I would tell all these guys that they are probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now listen I like some of these picks again I like Hayabu Kelly I like the way he fits with the Giants but I don't like him with the 25th pick Osiris Torrance that's the one that I do kind of feel like I would take with the 25th pick because you mentioned maybe he'll be there in the bottom half of the second round I don't think he will be I think he's going to dominate at the combine and I think that any team that has guard as their number one need in this year's draft they're going to reach and take Osiris Torrance because he's the best guard so I don't think he, he lasts until the 57th overall pick and Jalen Hyatt again I really like him. Again, a Deshaun Jackson-like player. That could be your dominant number two receiver, but the Giants need to find their number one receiver first and foremost. So does he make sense for the Giants? Well, in some ways, yes, but in a lot of ways, no. So again, all three of these guys, I see the fit with the New York Giants, but I don't see the fit with the 25th overall pick necessarily. So I don't hate them, but I don't love them. I think that there's there's ideas like here Hyatt. that, that I, I like Hyatt as rounds. well in the at second the, at the round. Top. If you trade back, exactly. give me Hyatt. Love it. Love Hyatt as a trade back scenario. Do not like him at 25 that's my and I like Hyatt even more in this scenario right Alex so bear with me here because this might be a little bit too unreasonable a little too Madden GM-esque right let's say that the Giants trade the 25th overall pick to Cincinnati get T Higgins that's their WR1 and then they trade up in the second round and they go ahead and get Jalen Hyatt as the WR2 with Wondell Robinson working out of the slot now that sounds really enticing to me because again my thing with Jalen Hyatt I like him a lot as a WR2 I think his potential is unlimited in that role but as your main primary receiver I think he's limited, and I don't think he can handle the number one receiver workload. So, again, just food for thought there. Maybe Another he makes take. more sense if they have I'm a WR1. All right, let's hear it. I want to hear the take. Arizona's going to cut DeAndre Hopkins. So how about you just – I mean, he has an out in this this year in his contract, mm-hmm. and they have a whole new management. They're going to cut DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. If you're the Giants, go and sign DeAndre Hopkins for a, a different deal because you don't have to consume his contract anymore. That contract is no longer in play. You get him just for paying money instead of draft instead of giving up your first round pick for T. Higgins and having to pay him a monster deal on yep. a long term contract. Go get Hopkins and use your first round pick on a receiver, and then you 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 have you can kill two ber- two birds with one stone. I think that that's kind of ultimately what I I would prefer that method instead of going going after T. Higgins and giving up our first round pick and having to pay him twenty million plus per season. Yeah, dude, not bad. I like that as well. And Keenan Allen, another player that might be cut by the Los Angeles Chargers this offseason, he is a WR1, but he is a jumbo slot. So I don't know if he necessarily fits with the Giants if they get Hyatt and they have Wano Robinson because they do need an X. Hopkins is that X, though, and I like that idea as well. So yeah, like I said, so many options for the Giants this offseason to improve this roster. I think wide receiver will remain the primary focus, but if they get that solved in time for the draft, some of these other guys could be targets, cornerback, guard. These are some uh, positions that the Giants could look into improving through the draft and again building through the draft is essential but that pretty much wraps this one up I think that we really covered all the bases here again some really interesting less commonly mocked prospects for the New York Giants here but figured we'd dive into them take a look at what the what it could mean for the Giants if they were to go in these directions and how there's just so many options again for the Giants going into this offseason but make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode and subscribe to the channel for plenty more mock draft updates and all the updates throughout the offseason that you don't want to miss right here on Fireside Giants so ring the bell so you don't miss any episode. Bing. All right. We'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one. And let's go Giants.